with more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. All right, here we go. We had a little, little run-up of Mississippi State talk there at the end of hour one. And so some of those messages, text messages, and comments on the live stream that came through about that. So we'll get into some of that right now. Uh, pick that back up right where we left off. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, uh, Everett. Not bus driver Everett. This is a different Everett. On the uh, Murray West live thread, contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi. That's Murray West. Great folks. And, and I don't care where you are in Mississippi or what it is you need embroidered, small order, big order, contract embroidery company. That's where you go. Go to murraywest.com. Everett said on YouTube, if Wright is starting again tomorrow, how do you get more production out of the offense? He says, we haven't gotten a full game out of both offense and defense yet. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, when you look, right, last week, a couple of touchdowns, and um, the week before that, you had one. So, three TDs in eight quarters of football since Will Rogers got hurt. And I think... Um, you know, so if he starts tomorrow, you say, well, how do you get more production out of the offense? Ah, shoot, man. It's so easy to sit here and you know, you try to be honest, and the next thing you know, you sound like a coach giving you coach speak after a ball game. And I know that's not what you want to hear. But one thing is, okay, don't miss reads in the run game, in the basic read run game. Um, that, that was a real sore spot the other day in that ball game against Auburn where, you know, defensively you're having a really bad first half. Um, and offensively you had a couple opportunities to, to, to drive back into the game and make this a scoring thing. But they shot themselves in the foot when quarterback misses a read on a give on third down, pulls it when he shouldn't have. If you give it, you're running. Later on a fourth down, you give it, you're running. Like, they don't hit him until he's five, six yards down the field, the way they defended it. But we didn't give them the ball. So there's a little bit of an execution factor. And that's what I'm talking about is if I say to you, well, you got to execute better. <laughs> what does that sound like? You know, you're like, okay, come on. Heard this before. You know, and that's so, but that's part of it. Because there's really, you don't have big, super-duper, Sweeping changes, you don't have glaringly obvious things that at your disposal that you can just change that are going to make all the difference in the world. Um, you really don't. They're going to have to throw it some a little more early, too. You know, some of that requires getting some first downs. You got to complete them. But kind of like what they did against Auburn, they came out and threw the ball right out of the chutes and hit one. You know, you make them. Defend that. They're going to have to do some more of that again tomorrow also. Jimmy commented on YouTube, said, Matt, that is a problem for me. He says, I think it's fair to question that judgment to change an offense for a senior quarterback that is good in the air raid. And, you know, Jimmy, that's it. We, we You and I weren't in on conversation. We don't know everything that was said. Um, and I, I do agree with what I've heard a lot of people say, including, you know, Zach Arnett at times, that, when it came to the old 
tried and true original air raid, the Mike Leach air raid, he's the only one. He was the only one, period. Running it, calling it, doing it that way. Everybody else, even the, what they'd call out of his coaching tree, little tweaks here and there and, and did different things based off of it. Coach a little different, personnel a little different. So I'm, I don't think it would have been a thing where you could go, you know, find someone who's going to come in and do it exactly the way he did it. But that's not the point, is it? And, you know, the point is that at the time, right, wrong, or indifferent, the decision was made, whatever led to it, to not modify it, modernize it, tweak it, but continue it. It was to ditch it completely. And that was a risk. Because if you got eight games into the year and you have no offensive, what looks like an identity, because you really don't, you don't execute things all that cleanly and consistently. At times it's okay and at times it's not. And now you got an injury or two. It was a risk because then you look up and frankly it's just a it's a bad offense. And so whatever criticism and consequences come from that, when you make those decisions, you just gotta live with it. You know, you gotta live with it. And that's why they pay them the big bucks. But you got four games left. Let's see how it finishes out, and then you make your decisions from there. JS290 says, if you go 6-6 six and six with in-state wins to close it out, that'd be okay. So you're saying, yeah, well, look, I mean, <clears throat> winning the Egg Bowl is pretty weighty for sure. But we've even got recent history of coaches winning the Egg Bowl getting fired right after it. <laughs> it's, not, it's just we live, we're living in a little bit of a different era in terms of what it takes to, you know, ad advance a program year over year. Uh, let's see what Jimmy's talking about. He said, I'm not sure that is okay. Okay, he's talking about the six and six with in-state wins. He said, I'm not sure that's okay. Depends on if we look like we're improving. Honestly, recruiting looks to be not great. Look at what we lose. Next year could be a real struggle. That is from Jimmy. Yeah, we're poor mouthing here on this Friday, but we're trying to just be honest. Uh, Jimmy went on to say that he thought people wanted a more modified version of the air raid, even from Coach Leach, and I, I think that's true. You, you had some old school guys that really just never could accept, uh, Jimmy, the idea of throwing the ball a lot. It's just for whatever reason, they could not accept it. And, you know, it didn't help that early on in the air raid days, it, at times it was downright ugly. I even said it here, man. If I have to watch one more check down to Woody Marks with his back turned to the defense, and by the time he catches it, they blow him up. If I see it one more time, I just might get nauseous. <laughs> we, we don't need to have that short of a memory because there was some of that involved in, in the development. But it's like that was part of the development of the quarterback in the offense to get to where those didn't become blow-ups. They became things where you pull a defense up, you throw it over their head, or they drop and you throw it underneath and you catch and make a lot of yards, and that started to happen more. And you, you're able to – so as it was coming along and Will was coming along, there were some people, and I think some coaches, who, too, they just couldn't 
allow themselves to accept the idea that it's okay to throw the ball a whole lot. They just couldn't go along with it. And people would yell and scream and go, well, you've got to run the ball more. You've got to run it on third and one and all these different things. Okay, well, you want to talk situationally, fine. But don't sit here and tell me, and I'm still this way. I'm still this way now. Don't sit here and argue with me that the right thing for Mississippi State, for its program to always do, is to try to do what everybody else is doing. <laughs> because... Those same people will look at you and go, well, it ain't coaches and schemes that win games, it's players. Right. Exactly. Right. So you're telling me you're going to run the same stuff and your players are going to be better than their players year over year over year? Huh. You've been trying that for a lot of years. We're going to run the same things that other people run. You know when you had success? Look back at the times you had some success. You know what you did? You ran a wishbone, the true wishbone, better than anybody else was running it when Emory Ballard came. And it was pretty unique and unusual. And then after that, you had Joe Lee Dunn coaching a defensive style that nobody else was running. He was the, and he was the number one defense in the country for year over year, won a Western Division championship in 10 games because on one side of the ball, you recruited to it and were willing to break out of a mold and say, hey, at times, we're going to have no defensive linemen with their hands down. Go back and watch it. You had success when you were willing to do something nobody else was doing and be better at it. So don't come at me with this stuff of, yeah, we're going to recruit linemen and running backs and we're going to balance it out and be pro-style just like everybody else, and that's how we're going to win against everybody else. Oh, really? When has that worked for you? Never. Not ever. Sure you win. We've been to 13 straight bowl games. That's great and wonderful. Is that the goal? I mean, tell us if it is. All right. Over to the phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona. What's up, Jason? Uh, nothing much. Um, but first off, I've got a little bit of a cold, so don't make fun of my voice. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Apparently, these 50-degree temperature swings, my mom was right about. <laughs> um, um, yeah, um, no, I put, I put on Twitter, like, in June or July that everybody was wanting to, was going to end up wanting to fire the coaches by October. Um, but, you know, I expected the, the season to be bad at the start. You know, I remember telling you I expected the first month of the year to be pretty bad. But I also expected it to start looking, you know, improved around this point. And I don't know if that's, you know, Will Rogers being out or the injuries or, it, you know, like you said, it's just not what they're trying to do just isn't working. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 either way. I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> right. Well, and I did not expect the defense to be. I mean, I, I expected it to be, drop off a little bit, but not like this. I'm the same way, Jason. See, that's you know, that's it to me. You know, you and I, if we had get, get in a time machine and go back and talk to ourselves in August, our past selves probably wouldn't be too hard to convince that there's going to be some ups and downs offensively. 
I mean, I, I even said it coming out of the spring. I was going, you know, you had you, you went through spring without any tight ends, and you're telling me that you're going to incorporate them in fall camp for the first time, and you're just going to hit the ground running in the first game with no hiccups? Like, that's not realistic offensively. Okay, the change. But the one thing we would not have believed would have been, like, historically bad pass defense. Yeah. Like, I don't know where that comes from. And that's why most of the weeks that we've come back here on the show, Jason, if you listen, I wind up harping on defense. <laughs> and it's like yeah. people are going, yeah, but the offense stinks, Matt. Well, but these are two different situations to me. Yeah. So, But I'm with you on that. And I, it, did you feel – you mentioned it. You said you didn't know, okay, well, maybe this is Will Rogers, you know, whether it's being hurt and it hadn't had a chance to really take. Did you feel like the offense was going to gel before Will got hurt? I don't know. There were moments where, you know, it looked really good, and then other times when it didn't. So I, I don't know. That's above my pay grade. I'm not going to pretend to know the intricacies there. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say this regarding firing coaches, um, whatever. Selman does. I hope it's because he is right there on top of it, and mm-hmm. if he fires people, I hope it's because he sees a problem that's not going to get any better, and it's not him catering to people that started wanting to fire everybody after the LSU game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Yep, I sure do. Um, I, I don't want State to get into a situation like Florida and Auburn where they're firing somebody every few years because the Podcast media posts don't have anything else to talk about. That's right. Yeah, I, 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 you're you're exactly right. You know, a decision maker, you you really can't let, you know, a social media groundswell really drive the decision. I know you got to consider recruiting and momentum and stuff, but no, I'm with you on that for sure. Anyway, I feel like garbage, so I'll get off here and listen. All right, hang in there, Jason. Get well soon. How about Get well soon. Thanks for calling. He texted me earlier and he said, uh, he says, yeah, they definitely lied about what the offense was going to be. <laughs> this roster. Because they said all summer it was a modified system. He said, and that's a lot of the heat, he thinks, is they came out saying that and it wouldn't look much different. It, it, it really is a, you know, a very – different thing. Brando texts the show and he says State has got to recruit dual threat quarterbacks and has to recruit two good receivers and a legit tight end. Well, and see, that's the thing now with transfer portal wide open, you can fix stuff quickly, you know, and I guess that's part of the decision too for an AD. If you have an AD who's really locked in and 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 dialed in and invested and is you know, wants to win so bad that he wakes up in the middle of the night thinking about it and can't go back to sleep. If you have that, then whoever the school is and whoever the AD is, in this environment, Portal and NIL, they are going to make a decision heavily factoring in Portal and NIL. You see what I mean? They are. They used to make decisions a little more heavily towards the development of a team, track record in doing that, 
developing players, recruiting players over the course of three, four years. But what I'm telling you is the hungry ADs who can't sleep at night because they're not winning enough are going to make decisions largely based on portal and NIL. A coach that either has connections and can pull players in the portal, whether it's connections, personality, whatever, a coach that can get people to give their money to NIL because you got to raise money to pay the players to get them to come, and then you're going to have to pay them to stay. And if you can get some excitement going, then maybe a win or two to kick this thing off. People are going to look at it that way. They are. They're. And what I wonder is, if it doesn't change and it continues down that path, over the course of five to ten years, you will see coaches' salaries come down. You will not see them going up. You will see more young coaches hired because quicker decisions will be made and they will accept less favorable buyouts because ADs and programs that realize there's an environment where we may have to make changes more quickly in order to keep a donor base, a fan base that we're dependent on their donor dollars towards NIL to keep them happy and excited. We're, we may have to make quicker decisions. So we're not going to pay your experienced coach $9 million a year and give him $30 million in buyout because we don't want to do that. <laughs> You'll see coaching salaries come down. You'll see the age of coaches and the experience of coaches go down. And there will be more turnover. Because you're involved in a sales game now. All right, Gary on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Thanks for calling, Gary. What's up? Matt, you really stole my thunder. You hit on it yourself, and that was, can Mississippi State afford to find those receivers that tied in to whoever they need due to NIL and did touch on it? Yeah. Because, and then you, I really enjoyed the comment on the coach. You know, if it were me, I'd say, hey, I'm just going to get some, like say, some young guy who's creative because I really need that $30 million for my players. Mm-hmm. Players are going to win the game, not the coach. Well, and, you know, Gary, too, what would be – fascinating for somebody like me i don't know about you what your experience is in researching this stuff you know i've always understood that lots of coaches are are paid in in various ways you know and including buyout stuff that's outside of like a a salary line on the bottom line on their employment from the university whether it's the a foundation or that kind of thing you know and so let's say that a big part of what where the money to pay coaches comes through that foundation deal, that is donations, and you're right. Donations got to go towards rosters now, you know, across the country. Recruiting and retaining. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's never more true. You get the team you can afford. Mm-hmm. And let's say this, Gary, you know, it doesn't hurt for people like me, you know, if we look at Major League Baseball, but even in other ex- – there's examples where – the team that's spending the most money doesn't always win everything. I mean, look at Texas A&M, you know. But, but in terms of getting them there, <laughs> the teams with the most money do get who they want in free agency the most in pro sports. Now, whether or not they go win a title, things have to happen. But, but you're right. That's kind of where it is now. Thank you, man. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate the phone call. Call me anytime.
Uh, let's see what we got. Rebel Tiger Dog Texas show, and he said, "Don't listen to a dadgum thing Prince says." <laughs> he says LSU has a better quarterback. They win. So LSU Tiger Dog Andre, who called earlier, just about anybody else who's picked the game is willing to pick LSU, even though Alabama is slightly favored. I think in the game at home, and and my man Prince, he's out there on Prince Island as saying LSU does not have a shot in this game. He said they couldn't stop Knox Pater, much less Nick Saban. Prince is probably mad at me for getting to his comment a day late and a dollar short. I didn't get to it yesterday. Uh, Tyga with two H's texts the show and says, Matt, I was sitting on the couch Halloween night scrolling on my phone and ran across the Coach Leach rant about Halloween candy. Says, I've seen it a million times, and it's still funny. I thought to myself, man, I miss Coach Leach. I can't imagine how tough this year has been for true state fans. Well, Tiger, thanks, and it is tough. It's just not the same. You know, it's tough on everybody. Tough on everybody in more ways than one. When you have someone who there is no mold, he doesn't fit in any mold, he broke the mold, well, when that person leaves... There is no one who can fill into that mold. There's just like no one person can slip in that mold and fill his shoes. It just can't happen. And that's just part of life. We live and we learn. We do the best we can, don't we? Thanks for the text. More of those coming up. Stick around. Your sports. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. All right. Boudin balls. Steak. Brisket sliders. Sausage. We had a little bit of everything on yesterday's show live at Country Meat Packers, the home of Country Pleasing Sausage, on Highway 49 in Florence, Mississippi. I came home, and today I put my same sweatshirt back on that I was wearing yesterday, and I went, man, it smells like barbecue and steak. Yeah, it's because I was wearing it in there yesterday. Like, you know, something like, like I've been standing next to the smoker. And it was some kind of good. And I have made a decision. So, Mr. Henry at Country Pleasing gave us four $100 gift certificates to give away. If you get one of these, you got a hundred bucks, a hundred smackaroos to spend at Country Meat Packers on Highway 49 in Florence, Mississippi. And you can go in there and claim it. Now, instead of giving all four away today, I have decided we're going to do two today, and then we're going to do two on Monday. So we're going to stretch this out just a little bit. This is too big of a deal. You're talking about a $100 gift certificate. So we're going to do two today and two on Monday. Here's how you're going to win it. I'm about to do two things. I'm about to do two things. We're going to have two forms of trivia. Your answers will come in. On the country-pleasing text line, 
In order to text the show, you must use this number, 885-3776, a 601 number. 601 number, 885-3776 or 885-ESPN. Text the show your answer to the following trivia question. It's really not that hard. The first person to text the correct answer, and be honest now, don't look it up, but the first person to text the correct answer, you're going to win this, and you'll get a response from me via the text line of the information I'll need from you in order to uh, to hook you up where you can go in there and claim your gift certificate. So somebody's going to win 100 bucks, And then before we're done in this segment, I'm going to come back and do one more giveaway, and it'll be a different kind of trivia. So here it is. The first question, trivia question, text the correct answer. The first to text the correct answer to the country pleasing text line, country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the Southeast, is going to win 100 bucks gift certificate at Country Meat Packers Highway 49 in Florence. And like I told you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the question out there, and then I'm coming to the phones. Here it is. Name the Mississippi State player who had a pick six in the 1998 Egg Bowl. Name the Mississippi State player who had a pick six, an interception return for touchdown in the 1998 Egg Bowl. The first to text me the correct name on the Country Pleasing text line wins 100 bucks of Country Pleasing. Over to the phone, over to the phone. I hadn't got a correct answer yet. The Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Louvier on line one. What's up, Louvier? Good afternoon, Matt Wyatt. I wish I knew the answer. I would uh, stand on my head and spit nickels for $100. That country pleases. And I wanted to go out there and and say hi to you yesterday, but I was covered up. And and actually, I've been under the weather, so I didn't want to get anybody sick or anything crazy like that. But, uh, yeah, $100 goes a long way in there. It does. I'm glad I don't live closer to that place, or I would be—I'd uh, have to get a line of credit the old-fashioned way. I'd have to wash dishes. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's talked about this, and I—you know—y'all been talking about Mississippi State and 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 the coaching staff and all that, and I—I I, I don't really have a too much dog in that fight. My uh, both my kids went there, graduated there, and so I've got a bunch of Mississippi State gear. Mm-hmm. But um, my favorite team plays on Sunday, and I had some a, a real tough time this Sunday, the past Sunday, because the Fox affiliate here locally decided that they would play the Cowboys game instead of the Saints oh, game. Oh, no. Was, Wait a minute. Are you serious? But hold on a second. Yeah. So they covered up the Saints game. That's right. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, reminiscent of my childhood. I, I, I kept waiting for Ricky Chatelaine to come around the corner and tell me how great Roger Staubach and Tutal Jones are. Uh, <laughs> as I said earlier on a different show, I, I would punch him in the mouth. And, of course, you know how small I am. I'd get punched right back. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad none of that happened, but it, I, it was I hope they don't do that again, and I don't know if anybody, uh, apparently nobody did complain about it because you didn't know. Yeah, I had no but, idea. Uh, I didn't know. But I, I did look it up. I looked it up for this weekend, and they're in two different time slots. And, like, the entire state of Mississippi is getting the Saints game at noon this week, and then the Cowboys game 
is the three thirty game or whatever against the Eagles. So we should you shouldn't have yeah, an issue. It's a good this game. Week. Yeah, that's a, that's a competitive game. Cowboys Eagles and and listen, I don't. It's not for the fact just that it's the Cowboys, but that is why I hate the Cowboys. The Saints game was a fairly important game, and there was local product involved in the Saints game. Gardner Minshew, Demario Davis went to Brandon High School. Come on now, you know just because just because it's the Cowboys and their stack, there are more Saints fans, I dare say, than Cowboys fans yeah. in this area. Just saying. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I'm I'm too weak. I've been sick. I don't have a whole lot of fight in me. My lungs hurt. It it doesn't hurt to swallow anymore, and that's why I called. And, uh, so I, I'm glad you all were out at Country Please, and I, I I think it's a great store. I like it, and and I wish I knew the answer to the trivia question. Well, I'm going to give you the uh, give me the question for the next segment, and I'll text it to you right now. Okay. But. Uh, Okay, hundred dollars. Well, I, I I would definitely dance on a hot tin roof for that. <laughs> and Gulf Coast beat Jones last night, twenty three to nothing. Just Gulf Coast goes to the playoffs. All right, that's the most important game there is. Uh, congrats on that. All right, all Love right. The show. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Olivier. Hail, hail state to you. Go say, <laughs> Olivier. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for the phone call. I have a correct answer and a winner of the first one hundred dollar gift card to Country Meat Packers and Country Please and Sausage on Highway 49 in Florence. I don't have a name yet. It is an unnamed texter. But he got the correct answer the first time it came through on the Country Please and text line. Who, for Mississippi State, returned an interception for touchdown in the 1998 Egg Bowl with two minutes and 36 seconds left in the game? State was already up 21-6 after DeCenzo scored in the third, but late fourth quarter, it was Tim Nelson. Little Tim Nelson, number 17 in your program, number one in your heart. And Brandon, you are the winner, sir. And so we'll get you hooked up. Uh, it was Brandon. Got his name. It was Brandon got it. Tim Nelson. And he wins the first $100 gift card. Now, let's give away one more. Another $100 gift card. To Country Meat Packers. Country Pleasing Sausage. Highway 49 in Florence. <laughs> Tell me. The TV show. Tell me what sitcom, what old classic sitcom, this is the theme song to. Now the world don't move. Who is that? Tell me that show. The first to text the correct answer to the country pleasing text line. 885-3776. Or 885 ESPN. What show is this? Now the world don't move. Tell me what that is. You get the right answer. You're a winner. In fact, in fact, here they look at all these texts coming in. They're coming in so fast that you can't even like click on them. <laughs> there it is. I got a winner right there. Hold on, hold on. Be still. Let me see. I got it. I got a winner. Somebody has already won. It is. Different strokes. Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you? In fact, uh, Different Strokes began airing on this day in 1978. 
Different Strokes, the very first episode of Different Strokes aired on NBC on this day back in 1978. I've got a winner on the Country Pleasing text line, another one that I don't have a name for, but you get a hundred bucks at Country Meat Packers. And we've given away two now, and we're going to give away two more on Monday. And uh, we'll see what those questions are going to be. It's Shane. Shane! Congrats, Shane. Out of boy. What's you talking about, Willis? So we've given away two. Out of boy. And I'm gonna I'm sending you instructions uh, right now. I'll get them to you during the break on how to get hooked up with what you uh, uh, need to send me in order to be able to claim it. All right? Cool. We'll get you hooked up. I'll give you some instructions on that text line as well. Thanks, everybody, for playing. And that one, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was impressed with how quick. I mean, it was like, bam, just like that. And so we'll see what we get into on Monday as well. All right. I'm Matt Beavers here, rolling along. A little bit of time left. We're going to finish the week the right way. Coming up next, Bible Conversation with my friend Terry Fant, the pastor at Hickory Ridge Baptist Church in Florence, Mississippi. He'll be on next right here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Thanks for playing. <laughs> and I mean, that was fast and furious. We'll do it again on Monday. Uh, but Brandon and Shane, a couple of winners today of $100 gift cards to, let me, let me say it correctly, $100 gift cards <laughs> to uh, Country Pleasing on Highway 49 in Florence. Um, got both of your messages and your infos. I'll get back to you here shortly on uh, exactly uh, what to do to claim it, and then we'll do it again on Monday. Yeah, I said $100. <laughs> and y'all knew what I meant. It's just that every now and then I, it impresses upon me that I ought to at least try to pronounce things correctly. Or, you know, or as Jake Wimberly would say, yeah, I, I can't pronunciate what he's saying right there. <laughs> I don't know whatever happened to the, that soundboard with all those Jake sound bites on it, but we need to we need to bring that back. Like each week, we are fortunate enough to be able to bring back my friend Terry Fant, the pastor at Hickory Ridge Baptist Church in Florence, to have a little Bible discussion and see where it goes. Hey, Terry, welcome to the show and welcome back to Mississippi. Uh, and we missed you yesterday too. <laughs> hey Matt, I was just telling Ben, uh, Beav, I said, you know, wouldn't it have been great if we could have all been at Country Meat Packers yesterday? And I got a feeling that Beaver's a little mad at me that. Yeah, I, I, I picked up on that just a touch. 
So I, I got to make it up to him somehow. I'm going to definitely, you know, try to do that. All right. So I wanted to get into this. You were uh, sharing a story with me earlier. And so we got some questions. And this is in the book of Philemon. Now, I want to start right there, Terry. How do you pronounce it? Do you say Philemon or do we say Philemon? Is there a right way to say that? No, truth of the matter is, Matt, it depends on what day of the week it is and where I'm at. I mm. may say Philemon, I may say Philemon, yeah. and I say, hey, we weren't there to hear him call him, so who knows? But, <laughs> hey, we know what it says. We know, we know who they're talking to. <laughs> right. You, you in, in kind of the overall idea was, you know, it's a story about forgiveness. It's also a story about... I, I would even say, before I read the verse, like almost about attitude, uh, sort of an outlook yeah. in, in the midst of uh, what some people would think it'd be impossible to have the right attitude, but Paul did. You, you get where I'm going with it there? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. Attitude, you know, attitude uh, and perspective towards people, you yeah. know? Yeah. So let's start right there, and we'll kind of go story form, and then I'll let you sort of introduce the Scripture as you want to get to it. But but in this book of Philemon, it, we've got Paul, who is in prison. And what's happening right there, Terry? So he's in prison, and he's uh, there has been a, a young man by the name of Onesimus who has fled uh, uh, to Rome, Mm-hmm. He's a he's a slave, and he's he's and it, it appears maybe he's even stolen something from his master, and he's fled you know the populace of Rome to try to blend in. Okay. And and in that in that time, while Paul is incarcerated, he living the authentic mission has shared Christ with Onesimus, and Onesimus has been born again. Mm-hmm. And okay, and then help me here. I hope I'm seeing this right. So this book that's in the Bible is actually a letter that Paul wrote to Philemon, the person whose servant in in the word there in the New Testament is slave that has either stolen something and fled, and Paul is writing back to his master. Do I have that right? Uh, he, when, he, when he addresses him in the intro to the letter, he also names a few other people, uh, Aphia, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and he says, this is in verse 2, and he says, and to the church in your house. So the letter was written to, to, to Philemon or Philemon, but his intent is that they all hear the reading of it to learn from it. Okay. So see, it's like one of those stories, it's already got me, where Paul is in prison. This guy comes to him, Onesimus. Paul shares the gospel with him, and Onesimus becomes saved and born again just like that. And now... And now Paul, so did Paul tell him to go back home? Yes, and so think about that. You know, a person might would say, well, Onesimus, so far he's living, a, 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 as far as a man's concerned, he's free. He's living in Rome, but he's on the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's living in, in what, what we would say is free. He's not, he's not under the care of his master. But, but Paul is saying, according to the law of man, it's, it, you know, he's told Onesimus, it's right for you to go back. It's right for you to go back and and do the right thing, and so he sends him there. But it, but at the same time, he's telling uh, Philemon or Philemon, he's telling him it's also right for you to now receive the one who's wronged you, and receive him back as a brother, not okay. a slave. Okay, wow. so I it, so so basically, hey, he's in this letter. He's coming back to you, 
but you need to receive him differently than he was before. Okay, so I'm going to read this. Uh, in Philemon 16, it says, quote, No longer a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. And then in, and then in Philemon 18, Paul writes, If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. Now, that sort of punched me right in the eyes um, when I read that, because Paul's sitting there in prison while he wrote this, right? Yeah. yeah. So what does it say? Like, what do we learn? What should I learn from uh, regarding so, forgiveness? Going back to... Going back to verse 16 first, you know, he's okay. like, he's like, uh, I, even though he's, so how hard would it be, you know, for somebody to have wronged you? And again, he's not promoting slavery here, so we have to be careful there to understand that. Right. But what he is saying, according to the law of man, as far as the Christian is concerned, uh, he's to go home, you know, and to get things right. But also he's talking to the ones who says, don't, don't, don't view him like you view him as a piece of your property or as a person who's just your slave. But he says, you got to, you got to view him because you're born again. You got to see him as a beloved brother. Hey, but notice, listen when he says a beloved brother. Yeah. But not a brother you're mad at, not a brother that you don't want to see at Thanksgiving dinner, but you, you see him as a brother that you dearly love. Mm-hmm. And the kind of forgiveness that we have received from Christ that we also are supposed to extend to those who've wronged us. Wow. Mm. And, and it speaks to how and, how we are to look you know, like you said, how we are to look at others who we may feel have wronged us, right? It's um, amazing to me, Matt, that I'm able to sometimes, at least on the inside, even consider yeah. withholding forgiveness when with how much I've been forgiven of. You know, it's amazing that my mind would even think that way, mm-hmm. but sometimes it does. I have to really, really be reminded of what all I have been forgiven of, and that forgiveness should be my first response. Yeah. So, so are you saying I shouldn't always just trust my first instinct? Oh, man. Oh, man. For me, hardly ever. <laughs> me too, man. Me too. I can't tell you how many times, like, your first instinct and you act on it and it feels right in the moment, and then as soon as your head clears later, you go, oh, no, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Yeah, what, what have I done? What have yeah. I done? Um, and the two major things here we're reading. Paul is in, number one, Paul's in prison. And he's sharing the gospel. Which, How authentic is that? Exactly. Like, authentic is an interesting word, but that's the it kind of is the right word. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you know, people sometimes people share their share the gospel. They plan a Saturday outing and they go they go do it. You know, maybe after some training, what have you, and that's all great. It's just, we we need practice. We need to do that. But man, when when Christ has gripped your heart and you've been forgiven of your sin, it's a natural response that every person you see, you want them to know the forgiveness that you have found, not in a religion or a denomination, but in the in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't help it. Right. That's authentic. Yeah. And and, and then another major point here that this guy, Philemon, he had been wronged, but he should forgive Onesimus. And receive him back, but not as a servant, instead as a brother. And as you said, beloved brother. Which which is not what you what the world's and our society says is conventional. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, and even as a man, think about this in the, in the terms of, of maleness. You know, we're challenged to, if anybody wrongs us, 
man, we're weak if we don't respond the way the world says we should respond. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. You're weak. Yeah. Or soft. Or, yeah. Or, or whatever. You're soft, yeah. And, I, and I'm reminded of Romans twelve seventeen that says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for the good things in the sight of all men. And I'm th- I, I thought about that today earlier as we, we were messaging. And I thought, you know, that means I, I'm never, if, if I deem something that somebody has said or done to me as evil, whether it's my uh, child, my wife, my best friend, my parents, I'm not supposed to respond back with an evil attitude or action. Mm-hmm. My goodness. The, it speaks like when Jesus mentioned turning the other cheek. Um, that's always stuck with me because it's so hard to do. Um, especially when you're angry or whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> it's hard to do. Hey, hey, who but Jesus? Who but Jesus? Who on the cross as he's being crucified says, "Father, forgive them." Yeah. To dare tell me and you to forgive them when they wrong you. Right. And he's Ooh. him. He's him, and we're us. He's him with a capital hey. H, and we're us. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Terry, man, I appreciate it. It is always fascinating to talk Bible with you. Thank you so much. Matt, thank you for having me on, and I'll see you soon, hopefully. Yep, we'll see you real soon. That's Terry Fan, Pastor Hickory Ridge Baptist Church. A great way to wind up the week. Y'all can read that in Philemon, or Philemon, however you want to say it there in the New Testament. For Beaver, I'm Matt. All of us here on the show, we're going to see you on Monday. More gift cards to give away then. See you then. Have a great weekend. See you.